a Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. So, Cecilia, mm. I have a question for you. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Do you think that you create every single thing that happens to you? Mm. Yes. Yes, even the bad things. What about if you're like held hostage or something? Oh, well, you were in the place where those people came to take you. I know, right? It's a bit of a weird thing, though. Mm. You didn't ask for it. Yeah, I don't know about that one. That's how do you draw a line with this stuff then? Oh, I don't know. That's deep. It's deep to begin with that question. What are you doing to me? Well, you know, I'm digging in. This is because our guest today mm-hmm. has really pushed a button with you, hasn't she? She has over many years. And I think, look... I know we've spoken about mindfulness and gratitude and creating your reality and all of that. Yeah. Many times. Yes. But I think the thing is that sometimes we have to hear it in a different way for it to actually be something that resonates with us. Absolutely. There's all the little bits to the jigsaw puzzle. And I feel like we've only got maybe part of the edge of the outside of the jigsaw puzzle sorted out at the moment. Uh-huh. And this guest today... She's my person. She's the person that made it all connect together and it was like, oh, I get it. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that by having her as a guest on this episode today, it might do the same for some other people. Like me Mm. and like you listening right now. Absolutely. Okay, so should we tell everybody who it is? They're on the the edge of their train seat right now, riding their bike. They're about to stop and fall off because they don't know who who this special guest is. I know. Yes, we probably should let her introduce herself. She is a multiple New York Times bestseller Mm -hmm. and an absolute idol, like I said. Well, my name is Pam Grout. I'm an author of, I just finished my 19th book. And the book that a lot of people know me for is E-Squared. It's been translated into nearly 40 languages. But then I've gone on to write E-Cubed, Thank and Grow Rich About Gratitude, and I just have a new book called Art and Soul. So basically, I'm a writer. I give workshops. Um, I'm just an, I don't know, what did I used to say that I was an over-around purveyor of happiness <laughs> my job? Wow, 19 books and a purveyor of happiness. <laughs> I want to have that on my it's signature lot, on right? my email. That's fantastic. I know. Well, look, I've just finished my fourth book. <laughs> I don't know what 19 would feel like. I haven't started my first, so oh, good on you. Well... Maybe I should manifest 19. Yeah, maybe you should. Although I think maybe you should just start with manifesting five. Yeah, I'm really okay. down with that. Yeah, don't just take it one step at a time. Don't get too crazy. Let's not get greedy now. Hey, uh, we have spoken a lot about manifestation and this idea that you think of something that you really want to happen in your life and by thinking about it, you make it a reality in some way and then it finds a way to happen. But um, do you think you can get what you want whenever you want it? Well, I think there's a method to this and I think most of us... Well, I certainly never used to be aware that this could actually be an option. Mm. But, or maybe I did on some level, um, it doesn't mean that I'm always good at it, but I know that there are times where friends of mine would say, of course that happened to Nat because (laughs) that's just what happens to Nat. And I used to get really upset because I used to think, well, I don't know what I've done. A, you're being mean. B, I don't know what I did. I just did what I'd normally do, whatever that is, to get what I want. 
So, yeah, but then see, that's because you have taken that positive approach and then sometimes people find that very intimidating. Of course. Because they're like, that, you know, why are you so happy all the time and why are you finding the good things and, you know, why are you successful and they can't be happy for any of those things that are happening to you, which mm-hmm. that's a whole other concept. It is really a whole other, but it's true. I think it's important to touch on is that, yeah, I guess you fall in either one or two camps and we're going to dig right into this today. But, yes, look, things do happen And I think that for the most part, and as Pam's going to tell us, that we generally are creating that for ourselves. Well, I believe that's true. In fact, I think we're always getting whatever we want whenever we want. I think that our thoughts are the architecture of the life that we see. I mean, everybody sees the life a little bit differently. Everybody sees life a little bit differently. And that's because their beliefs and expectations or their thoughts are creating that life. I mean, literally, you know, no two people see the world the same way. So we're constantly creating the world. I mean, that is who we are. We're creation machines. And as far as manifestation, yes. I mean, people think sometimes, oh, I want this, but they may not always want that. When you're in touch with your bigger self, because like our little body self, you know, our little physical self, that's just a small part of who we are. We are just so much bigger than that. And so I think we're always getting what we want, but we are creating whatever we put our attention upon, we animate into our life. So when Geordie spilt that bowl of cereal on the floor today, Mm. I animated it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I mean, that's my question. Did I make that happen? But then I look at back at the series of events that happened in the morning and I go, it was one of those mornings. So, you know, like generally that's the way it goes. It all happens at once or it all doesn't, nothing happens at all. Yeah. And that's something that Geordie did. So how much control do you actually have over the people and the well, things going on around you? Okay. So that's an interesting way of looking at it. And then I bring that back to going, do I make things happen I suppose that's not anything that happened to me, but I had to deal with it. <laughs> but if I was, say, held hostage, that's still their choice, right? So not mine. Yeah, it's really, yeah. it's a, I don't know. He was holding gonna... you hostage with that bowl of cereal, really I was. think, is what was going I, on oh this my morning. Gosh. You know when kids spill something and they just freeze because they're not sure how you're going to react? Yeah, they and... know how you're going to react. <laughs> that's why they freeze. I think you're right, though. And, and I guess with children, they're just like a can, like a, a boiled down version of reality in a lot of ways. So when things like that happen, it's always intense, like because they don't have the ability to kind of realise a way to kind of... Um, they don't have the emotional maturity. That's what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say. Neither do I, clearly. <laughs> um, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? They can't go, oh, I, I think I know what's appropriate in this situation to get out of it. And I've got a few friends whose kids have started lying to them and they're oh. like, oh, I don't know what to do, but maybe that's just learning to deal with things in that kind of situation. I don't know. Anyway, I think you can probably manifest and animate your kids. Yeah. I think you can do that. But I'm sure you'd agree that some days are just more difficult than others. So we, if we put our attention upon the fact that, oh, it's hard, it's like I say, that's the most dangerous four-letter word in the English language, <laughs> that it's hard because, oh, it's so hard to manifest. Well, if you believe that, then you're going to manifest it being hard. So, you know, it's really up to us to say it's easy. I always like to say smooth and easy. This can be done. This does. It is being done all the time. It's just that as we get more in touch, we direct it to um, happen more the way we think we want it. I totally get this. And then it's something that really frightens me. I, I think what she says is, hard being the worst four-letter word. It's so true. I mean, I've been trying to work on a project for years, years and years to write a TV show. And I get to this certain point with it where I go, I don't know where to go from here. It's like a junction that (laughs) I come to. too hard. Yeah, it's too Mm -hmm. hard. But Mm -hmm. I I don't want it to be too hard. I need to find that little 
whatever it is to get me over that next hurdle and I'm getting there. But it's interesting. I was having a conversation with a patient who was saying, you know, it was all just very hard. She was planning a wedding and it was all overwhelming and mm. doing everything everybody else wants and don't we know about that? Oh, plan yeah. a wedding. Yep. And, yeah, she was saying that I, she was just in this perpetual state of stress and, you know, overwhelm and she goes, I had this epiphany that I could actually choose for it not to be. And so she was like, so I just was like, um... I choose for it not to be. <laughs> like she said, I just, I just said it out loud, and she's like, and everything changed. <laughs> but the thing is, when we're in those moments of stress, it's very hard to yes. have that realization to go. Um, actually, I'm just going to choose again, if that's all right. You know, yeah. we don't do that. Uh, and also, it depends on the situation you're in. I mean, when we were renovating our house mm-hmm. last year, there were some crazy stressful times that I was like, oh, I don't know how we are going to get through this. Mm-hmm. But we did. And I think the thing I managed to work out was that you have to get the people away from you that are really stressy and mm-hmm. just have a moment to yourself where you go, okay, let's go back to basics. What is the actual problem here? What's the first little thing we can do to make that problem less? And then worry about the next thing when the next thing needs to be worried about. Just take it one step at a time. I love it. it, it it's a process. And it does, when you're talking about it, it can sound like work. And I think, you know, look, here's the question I ask is, do we have to go through the pain to learn? Oh, I don't think we have to at all. I think that's just the dominant paradigm. That's the lesson. That's the, the way we've created the world, that we have to go through this. Like, I mean, I really think Kurt Vonnegut said, we're just here on earth to fart around. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. <laughs> so, yeah, some of us want to, like, create this life that, oh, yes, there's these seven steps you have to go to, and once I get there, I can realize this, and once I get there, I can do that. But it's all available at all times. It can happen instantly if we allow that. But if we have the, you know, the, the paradigm, the structural concepts in our mind that it takes, uh, you know, a certain amount of time and that we have to go through these steps to get there, then sure, it can get there. I love that she's quoting Kurt Vonnegut and I love, love that we're on this earth just to fart around. I just laugh at the word fart. Yeah, I know you do. (laughs) Um, It's true though. I think, um, you know, success is such a personal thing, isn't it? Absolutely. And so what you think is success in your life, someone else might think is not success and their success is totally different or their goals are completely different. So, yeah, (laughs) I love that she just goes, yeah, if that's what you think, like maybe success is knitting a scarf for you, whatever. Like it it doesn't have to be running a multi-million dollar corporation. Absolutely. I think, yeah, that's the best line I've heard all day. We can all go home now. Yeah, all right. We're all just here to fart around. Mm, yep. Um, do you understand quantum physics, Cecilia? No, I understand farting around. <laughs> I, did, I did actually study physics at school, though. Okay. I was a smarty pants. The laws of attraction and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, that stuff, sure. Oh, that. Well, I know there's a lot to know, and I really want to get into what Pam has to say about quantum physics after this short break. We're back and we are talking with world-renowned author and purveyor of happiness, Pam Grout, and we're about to dig into quantum physics. (laughs) I'm sorry. Not what you were expecting. No, not what you are expecting at all. 
I mean, I compare, you know, manifestation a lot to quantum physics. And in quantum physics, there's this big field, and it's all just vibrating energy. And um, so what happens when we observe things, they call it the observer effect, but it's, it's our beliefs and expectations. That's us observing. And when we observe that, then we collapse the wave. You know, that, that always vibrating energy gets collapsed, and it, it forms into a material thing. And that's kind of what happens with manifestation. You know, it's all possible. It's all, you know, in this fluid state of, of vibration, and then as we start focusing on it, we start collapsing the weight, and then that's what becomes available to us. So I say a lot of people, you know, they live in problem state, but the better way to live or the way I like to live is in possibility state, because when you're in possibility state, anything is possible. I mean, anything, absolutely anything is possible, but if you're in problem state, and that's what most people do, oh, okay, well, I've got to figure out how to lose weight. I've got to figure how to make more money. You know, those are just focusing on problems. So you said you read my book, Think Grow Rich. It's all about the frequency that we get on. And as we start getting more on that frequency of gratitude and joy and celebration and really enjoying our lives, then manifestation starts happening a lot easier. I love it when you hear people explain the idea of uh, positive thinking essentially is what it is. Are you a glass half empty person or a glass half full person? I think that if you are, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with being glass half empty unless you're constantly depressed and don't have what you want. Yeah, but it, uh, what I mean is, though, if you're a glass half empty person, you will be looking for oh, the things that are wrong sorry. in a situation. Yes. Whereas if you're a glass half full person, you are always looking at what the possibilities could be. What would be. you say you are? Oh, definitely half full. Yes. Definitely. So do you get frustrated with oh, people? Oh my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> So, oh, but, oh, and it's exhausting. It is absolutely exhausting being around somebody who cannot see the good opportunities that, you know, present themselves. I think I have a couple um, and it is exhausting. And you know what I've learned to do yeah. in those, those, you know, I know we'd learn to do this in, in arguments and whatever, but when they're being like that, I actually just walk away. Like I, I literally yeah. just go, okay then, and walk away yeah. because I... I'm like I don't need I don't need your bad juju, mate. Yeah, I do not need that in my life. <laughs> I think though it's fascinating though because if you if you are open to the possibilities, and I I wonder if a lot of this is just innate in you. I think sometimes maybe it's about your upbringing and, and the way your parents were and what you've learned and the opportunities you've had at school and like you know we we are the sum of everything that's happened of to course. us for sure yes. as adults. But I think the the thing is if you are that person and you come up with an idea and all of a sudden you you brought all the these pieces together and you've got someone that's the opposite, like they just pick all the, mm-hmm. the fun out of it. Mm-hmm. I have someone in my life that's like that, that always comes back and tells me everything that I can't do, but then delivers it to me. <laughs> that's even better. It's like, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to leave you to it. Like, you know, can we do this, this, this and this? No, we can't because of this, this, this and this. And then 20 minutes later, here, I've done it. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> but do they not realise that every single time they say no, they make it a yes? Like, I just think it's interesting. Oh, I do it? that a bit with parenting, though. I oh, find sometimes parenting that, is hard, man. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I say no a lot, but I'm really just like stalling for time. Yes, isn't this? Isn't that what parenting is? Just I, buying time? Yes, <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, 
So she makes it sound pretty easy. I mean, I have to read one of her 19 books to get on this gravy train. I think I like this idea. But if it is this easy, then why don't we just do it? I mean, where did things get to this state of living in fear and anxiety all the time about things being bad? When we, when we look at it from our bigger selves, like, wow, why do we do this to ourselves? You know, I mean, what what made us do that? I mean, I don't even know why we do it. You know, it's the big question, like, why would we do that? It's one of the things I always say, like the thoughts that we have, you know, we'll have these negative thoughts or that it's hard or, you know, life sucks and then you die, which is the common <laughs> belief of a lot of people. But um, it's like you don't walk into a department store and pick out the ugliest outfit and carry it to the counter. You don't walk into a restaurant and pick the, the, the item you least want to eat and order it, you know, tell your waiter to bring it. You pick out the thing you most like. So why do we waste our thoughts and our time thinking about the things that are least desirable? Well, yeah, that is so true. And again, how does she just, she's an oracle. I love Pam mm-hmm. Grant. Look, I don't go into a restaurant and order the celery and beetroot salad. Isn't that the best example, though? I'm yeah. like, to her. Yeah, I'm as like, if you go into the shop and ask for the ugliest top they've got. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm definitely not ordering kale. Because that's all you're out. Of course. No, I don't no, like kale. kale. Yeah. I picked I mean, up a recipe book the other day and I flicked through and there was kale chips and I went, no, we're not going to Actually, you know what? I like. I actually do like kale chips, but I just don't like kale any other way. They're not chips, though. Well, they're not really chips. They're just deep fried. <laughs> or just baked kale. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like salt and oil. Everything tastes good when it's salt and oil. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, that's hilarious. Are you sure you're not sneaking kale into your peanut butter sandwiches? I am not. Mm. Get, I don't even buy kale. <laughs> <laughs> you are funny with the kale, mm-hmm. I must say. Mm. Hey, you know we've spoken in the episode with Melissa Ambrosini about how our relationships have changed and that part of this was because maybe we didn't belong to a group where we felt like our spiritual needs were being catered for anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, Pam said something along the lines of this as well, that she was talking about spirituality and the influence that it has on us. You know, one of the paradigms that a lot of us grew up with is sort of a, a God that maybe, you know, separates us from each other and that doesn't like us unless we follow these rules. And so a lot of us did grow up with that kind of a God. And so it's really no wonder that we've run away from this as fast as we, and far as we can. But if you start to see this force as a loving force, which is the truth that only wants to make you happy, that only wants to bless you, interact with you, guide you. I mean, that's what this force wants to do. It's totally all loving. In fact, it loves us so much that it's willing to make things hard if that's what we want. Yeah, and you don't want things hard, but the, this power that she's talking about is listening to that. Well, that's what she's saying, though. Like, if I love, like, whatever you think the greater being is loves you so much that it's going to give you what you want. Mm. So if you're going to, if it's all going to be about the bad and the hard. Okay, then. That's what you that's can what have. You, that's what you get. It's pretty straightforward. That's what you want. I'll give you what you want. I know that when I heard her speak about this, or actually I read it, I didn't hear her, I read mm. it, um, it really woke my mind up and made me start to think about things a little bit differently. But anyway, to just change course if I can a little, do you have that one, I know we spoke about the glass half empty, but I think this is different again. Do you have that one negative Nelly in your life that everything seems to happen to? <laughs> That's a different thing, right? It's not yeah, the same it person. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I do. I think everyone knows someone like that. And isn't it interesting that there are some people that really extraordinary things happen to? Yes. And you think, yeah, of course that was going to happen to that person. Mm-hmm. I know, right? Exactly. Um, We asked Pam if she thought there were two camps of people, the positive and the negative, and she had some great tips, especially when talking to those who are more sceptical, negative and questioning. Well, 
you know, you can't tell them, oh, you're creating all this. Well, I mean, you can, but it's just going to irritate them. (laughs) So that's not a good tactic. I mean, one of the things I like to do when people get going in one of those is, like, I like to ask, well, what would you like to have happen? And that's a revolutionary thought for people sometimes because they're so busy whinging about what they don't like that, um, what? I mean, what are you talking about? What do you mean, what do I want? I mean, it it never even occurs to them. So if you just kind of maybe stop and go, well, what would you like to happen? You know, it's like, oh. So that's that's kind of a, a handy little technique to pull out when people start getting really negative. But then we can get negative ourselves as well. It's not just always about others. Um, when I notice myself getting negative, sometimes, you know, my head will go, go kind of crazy on me. I really try to, you know, unidentify from my thoughts, you know, and start observing them. Like, wow, look at this stream of thoughts going through, <laughs> you know, and, and not trying to identify with them too much. So, um, so that's some techniques that I use when the negativity does happen. Because again, it's so important for me to try to stay in a happy place because I realize my life just works better when I'm in a happy place that I'm pretty quick to, um, you know, try to get out of that when I notice myself, you know, going down that path. I'm with Pam. I'm a happy place person. Mm -hmm. And I have some days where I get to the end of the day and I'm like, gee, today's been a good day. And usually when I feel like that, it's because I've had good experiences with the people in my life. You know, I've been at work and I've bumped into people I haven't seen for a while and we've had a chat, even if it's just passing in the corridor, you know. You chat to everyone around this place. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But I love people. I yes. feed off yes. people. I'm that kind of person. I The idea of being alone and not being around the, the energy of other people, that just frightens me to death. So, mm-hmm. But this idea of gratitude too, mm-hmm. like usually I get to the end of the day and I say to myself or to God or whoever's listening and I get into yeah. bed, I think, thank you for today. Today was a good day and yes. I'm glad I've got this and that's happened and da 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 and I go through a list because I think you just need a reminder every now and then, don't you? Well, so I think. I think we just very quickly move from one day to the next and don't acknowledge or stop and be grateful or thankful. I think it's really important. I think one of the reasons, like I said, that we have these experts in is because everyone has their own take. And, yeah. you know, what? like I said at the beginning, what resonates for you might be different for me and we need to hear different people's take on it. And I really love some of the... For me, there's a couple of aha moments with what Pam shares, mm. hopefully for other people as well. But, yes, everybody definitely has a different slant. Hey, Pam has a book called Thank and Grow Rich. And guess what? It's all about... Gratitude. Well, what I love most about that book was it was more a message of freedom uh-huh. and that we can operate from this space of being fulfilled, we get this sense of freedom. And I think that's what we're searching for. We also spoke to Robbie Richmond about yeah, this, this sense of freedom pill. with the yes. X-pill. Yep. And I think that's an underlying common denominator with all these guests. And I think that people are really feeling trapped by the life that they've created for themselves. And oh, so yes. this is why they're looking for that sense of freedom for sure. Well, you know, they've done all kinds of scientific studies. I mean, here's one little example. Ten minutes of gratitude a day literally um, releases some sort of chemical in your brain that boosts your immune system. So it's like we think gratitude, oh, that's just a small little thing, you know. What's, what's gratitude? How can that change anything? But it literally changes everything. It changes the molecules in your body. It changes the wiring in your brain. It changes everything. Yeah, I get it. I mean, if you 
look at the flip side, if you're depressed or you're anxious, you've got all kinds of chemicals and stuff going on in your body that are uh, inhibiting imbalance, other things. Yeah. yeah, hormone imbalance. Happening, of course. Definitely. I guess this is also why so many people bang on about <laughs> how good this is. And yeah. Anyway, Pam goes on. But as far as from an energetic standpoint, it really puts you on a different frequency. It's just like you can't watch one television station when you've got it it dialed into another television station or a radio station or, you know, whatever it is. Everything has a frequency, and you're only going to get to transmit, to get into your life, to, you know, receive the frequency that you are on. Well, the way I see it, there's nothing to lose by trying it. Absolutely. <laughs> no, that's the thing. And, I mean, here's a question. Have you ever evolved enough to be grateful for the crappy experiences that have happened in your life? Like, mm. do you think that you can look back and kind of, you know, be grateful for the, I don't know, the building of the house? You know, at, ta- at the time you were like, mm. I remember seeing you day in, day out, and like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, <laughs> this is the worst. But, you know, had you had the perspective that you have now, it would be very different. I like to play a game because I feel like... Um, there have been so many times that I look back and I think, oh, well, that kind of worked. <laughs> so what do you I, mean? Fly by the seat of your pants? No, I just know that when I'm in the, the depths of ah, the crappiness, yeah, yeah. it's going to be okay. Mm, well, I think for you too, because, you know, you've got health as a, um, a crappy situation in your life where mm-hmm. you've got Geordie and, and his um, condition. So, you know, there's a constant reminder that you could go True. down the, the road that this is going to be all consuming and this is going to define us and it's all going to be bad or you can take it the way you have and look at it, embrace it as much as you can. So I think it is the way you look at a situation for sure. Although it is funny too when you have that moment of clarity and um, I always think about the first time I went to New York, we um, were staying with a friend and we'd come from Canada and we had a lot of baggage like snowboards and stuff and this friend of ours had said, look, I'm going to be home but ring me when you get to the airport because it was late at night. So we rang when we got to the airport and he didn't answer the phone. So we thought, oh, we'll get in a cab because he's expecting us and we'll just go to his place and we'll knock on the door. So we got to his house. It was in Brooklyn. It was like every movie from the 80s set in New York where there was like bad guys and, you know, and it, it was the scariest moment I think Amazing. I had had for ages because we got out of the taxi. There was rubbish everywhere. There was like some shady looking characters down the street. And no one was answering the door. So for a moment, we were like, we're going to die. This is the end of our Mm -hmm. life right now. It's over. It's done. A minute later, a taxi pulls up. Three guys in their 20s get out and they're like, oh, hey, what's going on? And we said, we're staying here and we can't get in and la, la, la. And they were like, oh, just come in, put your bags down. If he's not there, come and have a beer with us. (laughs) So we went upstairs, knocked on his door. He opened the door and he was like, oh, hi, sorry. Must have been in the bathroom when you phoned. And uh, we said, we're hungry. Is there any good places to eat around here? He was like, yeah, this place is awesome. Just go down the street. So all of a sudden we looked at this neighbourhood with brand new eyes. The shady characters that were standing on the corner were just some guys that had come out of a bar to have a smoke, you know. (laughs) Got to the end of the road, there was like five police cars. There was lights. There was pizza shops. It was it was like this tiny condensed way of seeing a situation in two completely different ways. Immediately. And then the rest of the time in New York was brilliant. That's so, that's really interesting, actually. Good Mm. story, Cecilia. I quite like it. Very good. Yeah. So, 
One Let's thing, get back to Pam yeah, now. Sorry, sorry Pam. I, I digress. Very, I like that note. It was very valid. <laughs> um, Pam actually called me, though, called yeah. me out on my use of the word crappy experience. Oh. Here, yeah, here's what she said. Well, first of all, when you say crappy experience, that is a judgment call. So we don't always know. So if we're quick to, oh, that was a terrible experience, I mean, that's that not being grateful. How do we know? I mean, so many, there's so many examples of people who, you know, got cancer and then it led to the most amazing thing. Like, look at Louise. Hey, I mean, she, if she hadn't had cancer and hadn't healed herself of cancer, she wouldn't have the publishing company. I wouldn't have ever read her book. I wouldn't have ever been published by her company. You know what I mean? Like that led to great things for her. Same thing with Anita Morjani. She was about to die. She had cancer and she literally went to the other side and, and realized, wow, how different life is than what she thought it was. I was more interested in learning any tricks to cope with the actual moment mm-hmm. when I asked Pam this question. But, you know, what can we do to remind ourselves right in that moment of having a really crappy time that it is going to be okay. Like if we just had some something we could do, mm. what would that be? Because you got the answer? Mm-hmm. If you think about it, you know, you're breathing, your heart's pounding, so you're alive to be able to recognize this crappy. And again, I'm, I'm doing air quotes when I say that because <laughs> I don't really believe there are crappy things. I think believing there are crappy things is part of the problem. You know, it's like really starting to see the beauty in everything. And that's, that's a difficult concept for people because we definitely believe there's right and there's wrong. But once we, um, you know, let go of those concepts a little bit. It looks like we have a lot more options available to us. Like there's the the good and the bad. Well, once you label something good or bad, you've wiped out 50% of your possibilities right there. You know, it's like, okay, well, this is good, this is bad. So you really, it's good to stay open and to kind of try to see the beauty in everything. And that's what I would say. But certainly we still judge and we still think there are bad things that happen. And again, I guess the best way to deal with that is to, you know, focus on some other area of your life. Like, let's say you're upset because um, you know, you got fired from a job or whatever. Well, okay, that maybe isn't looking rosy in our little human judgment and the way we see things. But is there anything else that is going well? And then you kind of take your attention off the things that aren't looking the way you want them to and put them back on things that are going well. Like, hey, the sun came up this morning and we didn't have to do it. I didn't have to make that sun came up, come up. It came up. My heart keeps beating. I'm, I'm not telling my heart to beat. I mean, it's just beating. It's just doing its thing. I mean, so you just start thinking of the things that are working and or just try to, you know, how do you want to spend, say, an hour of your life, you know, the next hour, like, do you want to spend that? hour focusing on what's wrong or do you want to focus on what's right? And then the next hour, you know, kind of have that same same choice. I like her saying you, she just doesn't like the word crappy because, you know, everything's an opportunity essentially. Mm-hmm. Have you got any tricks when you're in that situation? No, well, I think as time has gone on and I have, you know, experienced enough crappy situations to be able to comment, mm. um, I now do know that when I feel like I've hit rock bottom, things are about to get better. So I do just, I don't know what that is. I don't know how that's going to be, but I at least have the perspective to go, you know what, you're going to fix this and it's going to be okay. Whereas maybe when I was in my 20s, you know, I definitely didn't have that perspective. It was just bad. (laughs) When it was good, it was good. And when it was bad, it was bad. (laughs) What about you? Yeah, I think, um, well, I was talking before about when I was in New York and I keep thinking about travel things because I guess when you're traveling, you're, you're in a foreign environment, you're in, a, you know, you're carrying everything you own. So you're in this, like, it's like a microcosm. Very vulnerable, you're very it? vulnerable, yeah. Mm. But I guess at the end of the day, what's the worst that can happen? 
is is the thing that I think. Like, you know, if your bag goes missing, what's the worst that can happen? You haven't got any undies. I have a funny story about that. You know, it doesn't matter. One of Chris's bags went missing once and I made I made him wear my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, there's an experience for him. Hey, you know, boy leg. Well. I had boy leg, like, yeah, you know, but sure. I just, well, I've never pink. laughed so hard in my life because it was very funny. The poor man. His, his bag went on a round-the-world trip. It was uh, wonderful. Anyway, You know yes, what's more on. embarrassing, oh, friend? No. The fact that you've just outed him in your podcast uh, wearing your underpants. Well, they weren't. It wasn't a G-string. It was like uh, boy leg undies. Come on. They were for men. I was just... <laughs> Anyway, there was one last word of wisdom from Pam, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. This isn't permanent. Like, mm. a lot of times something, what we judge bad, again, we think, oh, it's always going to be this way. This is so horrible. But it's not permanent. It's a temporary thing. It will stay permanent if you keep focusing on it. But Or it could stay permanent. But it could also change in a heartbeat if you start focusing on the good things. Yeah. I'm glad she said that because um, I was just thinking that, if you do think of some of the crappy situations that we found ourselves in or friends or, you know, people you know, sometimes it is really, really hard to find a silver lining. And, I mean, if you're really sick or, and you're not going to recover, where how do you find a silver lining in that? Mm-hmm. You look at, you have to live every day, I guess. And Yes. I think things change under circumstances always, you know. Of course. We learn and we evolve. But, yes, I do love that, that nothing is permanent unless you want it to be. Mm. <laughs> that's the that's the true truth of it, it's isn't about it? Taking control over Yeah. Well, like at a, some point we have to actually Yeah, at some point we actually have to pick up and get on with it and yes. Pam if, Grout. She was an excellent guest to get. Well done. I know. I was very excited when I <laughs> reached out to her and she said, oh, I love Australians. I think that's half the way we get half of our guests is they just love Australians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll take it. Yeah, whatever. Um, if We would love to know from anyone if there's a guest that you would like us to feature. Please get in touch with us. You can do that via my website, natcreengoodis.com. Yes, you might have something that's really burning or you know someone that's fantastic and we haven't yes. got them yet. I want to know who those yes, people are. Yes. Like, do you have someone who's fantastic? Me? No, I'm just saying to the people oh. out there. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this, but yes, you yes. Know. <laughs> if you're listening now and you know someone that is has had an amazing experience or a really interesting story and you think that they would want to share it with us, then please get in touch. Mm-hmm. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and part of the collective. Totally all part of the collective. And just before we go, yes. we want to just say thank you to all those who rated us. Yes, the reviews are wonderful. We're loving it. I enjoy it. reading those. Thanks very much. They give us a little bit of a giggle. They do. I wonder who could be the best. And I like that, that you know, people are listening on the train and, you know, it's long enough for the commute to work and yes. all that stuff. Yes, it's, it's good. It's, it's good for us to know. Yeah. Anyway. We hope you've enjoyed Pam Grout. Go and read one of her 19 books or all 19 if you've got the time. Oh, goodness. Something to aim towards. Yes. And until next time at our next episode of The Wellness Collective, we hope that you are a little bit better. No. How's it go? I was just trying to think that's all. I'm like, I hope she comes up with it. And until next time, we hope you are happier, healthier and better. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay. 